Many years ago, when I was at secondary school in Cambridge, I know that must seem a long time ago, we used to hold our annual carol service every Christmas in Great St. Mary's Church in the town centre. It was the last event of the school term, and afterwards we would all disperse merrily for the Christmas holidays. And perhaps I look back on it now through rose-tinted spectacles, but I do recall it as a wonderful festive occasion with Bible readings, congregational carols and special musical items. One year we even had a brand new carol written specially for the girls' choir by a young and relatively unknown composer called John Rutter. I also recall how our somewhat stern headmistress always read the final lesson of the carol service, and it was always the first 14 verses of John's Gospel, our reading this evening. And Miss Bedson would read the passage with great reverence and mystery in a quiet, slightly awed voice. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And I remember thinking as a teenager that I couldn't really make a lot of sense of this opening passage from John's Gospel. It seemed so different from the much more familiar stories or teaching passages of the Gospels. But the manner in which Miss Bedson read it suggested that despite their mystery to me, these words held great poetic beauty and deep meaning for her. And decades later, I can still picture and hear her reading that passage today. And as those decades have passed, I've come to recognize and appreciate more of the deep mystery and astonishing beauty that my old headmistress found in John's words. In this passage, the gospel writer is taking us back to basics, back to the very beginning of all things. His first three words, in the beginning, deliberately echo the opening words of the very first book of the Bible, Genesis, which speaks of God's creative energy, God giving life to a universe, of his creating light from darkness and form out of chaos, of his crafting a welcoming and nurturing home for all the created wonders and beings that would result from his creative energy and purpose. John makes it clear that eventually there comes a moment in time and human history when God will choose to step into this world that he has created and sustained to share in its life and to identify with its inhabitants in a much more relational way than had been possible up to that point. So John's message in these first 14 verses is something quite extraordinary. That word of God that was at work at the very beginning of all things, who created the universe and communicated God's will and purpose, becomes a human being to reveal more of God's nature and to show God's love in action. He becomes flesh, taking on a human body and a human nature with all its complexities and frailties. 
And the Christian Church uses a technical and theological term to describe this extraordinary reality, the incarnation. But John uses a far more accessible and evocative phrase to describe what happened. John says that in the person of Jesus, God made his dwelling among us. Literally, he pitched his tent in our neighborhood, amidst all the mess and confusion of our daily living. Now, the idea of a creator God of heaven choosing to live amongst humankind here on earth is hard to get our heads around. So perhaps it's just as well that two of John's fellow gospel writers give us a story narrative, the nativity, to help us grasp this theological truth more easily. And the story is now a very familiar one. But as a result, it may have lost some of its earthiness and its power to touch our souls, partly because it's been so sanitized and sentimentalized down the ages. But it does remain a compelling and dramatic story, one that bears retelling every year, sometimes in a new way for a new generation. A couple of years ago, the BBC embarked on just such a retelling of the Nativity story. I wonder if you saw it. I wonder if you remember it. It was retold through four half-hour-long episodes, and it was broadcast amazingly in a prime-time early evening slot during the week leading up to Christmas. It's well worth watching. I found the BBC version an insightful and moving portrayal of the account of Jesus' birth, mainly because it took utterly seriously the human condition and the local context into which Jesus came. The places and the situations came across as physically convincing, hot and harsh, dry and dusty. The characters were psychologically plausible in their human frailty. Their complex relationships with one another were fraught with the human emotions of fear, shame, doubt and disappointment that we can all experience at times in our lives. We sensed Mary's fear as she was faced with an inexplicable pregnancy. We sensed the shame on the part of her parents and the betrayal that Joseph felt. The BBC drama was utterly realistic about the political and social power games that were being played out at the time of Jesus' birth. Games that we still see played out in so many parts of our own world among rulers who live in fear of those who might take their place. Think of Syria or Sudan. But the BBC's nativity drama also portrayed some of the goodness that can be part and parcel of our human condition, created as we are in God's image. We see Mary's trust that God will not fail her, even if others, including those closest to her, do. We see Joseph's love for Mary that eventually overcomes his own sense of shame 
and betrayal. We see the hopeful expectation and persistent searching of the outsiders, the magi, despite uncertainty and danger. To be truly human is to live in this earthly world amidst dark and light, trusting that the light can and will overcome the darkness in the end. And this theme of light overcoming darkness in our world is one that we hear clearly in the opening words of John's Gospel. As John affirms Jesus as the true and eternal light and the source of life for all people in every age. John's Gospel passage has something important to say to us about seeing clearly about having eyes that are open to see the light, to perceive the glory and the grace and the truth at the heart of Jesus' birth. And again, I feel the BBC drama cleverly retold the nativity story from the perspective of all those who were involved. So it was through their eyes that we saw the events in Nazareth, Bethlehem, and Judea as they unfolded. There was the individual perspective of Mary and Joseph who struggled to see God at work in their immediate circumstances and yet succeeded. There were the three astronomers who traveled a thousand miles from eastern lands because they were intrigued at what they saw in the heavens. And they found what they were searching for. And there was an anxious and fearful Jewish shepherd who saw an angel and heard unexpected words of comfort and hope to him and to all people like him. And he acted on that. And as the story reaches its climax... All these characters are brought together in one place at one point in time to focus their attentions on one person, a newborn baby laid in a manger, an animal feeding trough. And despite their differing backgrounds, their very different circumstances, their differing beliefs and their motivations, The characters gathered around this baby in a manger unite in a common humanity and they all have the eyes to see clearly before them the one who reconciles all things, things earthly with things heavenly, things past and present and future. So this Christmas tide. When your eyes fall upon that familiar nativity scene, whether it's on a Christmas card or on a Christmas crib on your mantelpiece, I wonder what you will see. Will you be like the Magi, who excitedly catch something of the big picture, something of cosmological significance about a world and a universe which is shaped and sustained according to the loving purposes of God? 
Will you be like the shepherds who see in the Christ child the Lamb of God and the reassurance and hope that however unimportant or downtrodden they may feel, they are greatly loved and treasured by their creator. Will you be like Mary and Joseph, who as they themselves experience the joys and the burdens of parenthood, also perceive themselves afresh to be beloved children of a loving parent God? Will you see the Christ child, the King of all creation, the Lamb of God, the light of the world, born on earth for you? And what will your response be to what you see? Our reading this evening gave us only the opening verses of John's Gospel, but it sets the scene for the story that is to follow. It will be a story not just of the birth of a baby in Bethlehem, but also of a life lived among men and women and children, a death on a cross and a resurrection morning. It is a story which is for all people for all time. A story through which God himself says to each one of us, this is how much I love you. This is how much I love you. Amen. Let us pray. On this Christmas Eve, as we celebrate once again the birth of the baby Jesus in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago, may we be quick, Lord, to recognize him as he comes among us in word and in sacrament. And may we, with Mary and Joseph, with the shepherds and the magi, be swift to respond with full and thankful hearts.